This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight, like always, here with my co-host Dustin Smith, and we are here to talk a little Auburn basketball, falling to Tennessee 46 to 43 on the road Saturday night. And we're also here to talk about two big-time commitments, one on the basketball side of things, one on the football side of things, Dustin. Uh, Pretty exciting news for the Auburn Tigers. Help is on the way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But, man, Dustin, first, I want to start this thing off with how's your weekend been, man? How you been doing? I know that basketball game was tough to watch, brother. Both basketball games this weekend were tough to watch. Um, Men and women just really Mm. struggling to make their free throws. You got to make your free throws. And the women's game was wild. Um, Mm -hmm. Missed two free throws at the end and then had a turnover. Couldn't get the ball inbounded within five seconds and uh, just choked mm. the game away. And I felt like we had plenty of opportunities to win Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you when you only give up 46 points and lose. Um, so, yeah, the basketball side was definitely frustrating. But I had a good night Friday night looking at the future mm. and uh, saw a lot of things to be excited for coming up. And then, you know, like you said, the, the big quarterback. And the good thing with that is, brother, is you've already – it's February and you've already got the quarterback for the class signed. He's mm-hmm. got all summer to recruit now. So, like you said, man, help us on the way. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, Dustin, man, I, I, I've i had a pretty good weekend, you know, other than Auburn falling to Tennessee, 46-43, like we mentioned. And uh, today I found out that I'm having a little boy, and uh, I was pretty oh, yeah. excited about that, man. Uh, still kind of shaking from it, still kind of nervous, you know, uh, that feeling uh, of excitement and uh, just – once we found out and the powder went up in the air, man, I look over and see my dad and he comes running and hugging me, man. And, you know, just that feeling of, I, I started crying, man. Cause I was like, you know, I, I finally get to experience that passion of when I was a kid, my dad taking me to Jordan Hare stadium and Plainsman park and uh, going to tiger walk and just all the Auburn athletics and, and just being the biggest fan possible, man. And, and, you know, it's just uh, it's surreal. And you know, I'm, I'm still just so excited, man, through the roof. And so that was great this weekend. And, uh, man, I know you made a trip 
over here to Mobile Friday night to actually watch LeBaron live in action. I tried to get in, but it was sold out. Uh, they wouldn't let me buy a ticket. They said it was super tight, wouldn't let me in. So uh, it is what it is, man. But what did you see from LeBaron in that game that impressed you, Dustin? Well, first off, you know, we talked about it off air, but congratulations. Uh, Thanks, man. Another Auburn Tiger on the way yeah. to the family. You know, yeah. I, I know you're excited about that, man. I, no I, doubt. I think back to the memories of my dad taking me to my first game at Plainsman, my first game at Jordan Hare and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Bird Eves, you know. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Bird Eves. Oh, and, man. Uh, those are good memories, man. And Auburn's all about family and it's all about passing it down to the next generation. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you, brother. Appreciate that. But yeah, made the trip uh, a longer trip than I expected. Y'all got multiple, <laughs> multiple campuses at Cottage Hill yeah. and yeah. Google didn't specify which one the basketball game was being held at, but yeah. got there just in time to not have a seat. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, that worked out because I got to stand pretty much right next to Wes Flanagan by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. Awesome. And uh, yeah, he stayed the whole game and then flew up in the morning. Uh, just tells you how much these guys are working, man. But mm-hmm. he's been the main one re- recruiting LeBaron. So he wanted to be there for the entire game and all that. And I went up and saw LeBaron earlier this year. And it was one of them deals where the team he was playing, it's just, they just didn't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, he put up like 48. And I saw the skill set, but I didn't get to see the intangibles. Yeah. So I remember telling you at the time, ah, you know, to be determined. Um, I got to see all of it. I got to see every bit of it Friday night. Uh, mm. As you know, there's two twins at Cottage Hill, and I don't know their measurables exactly, but these yeah. are some these are some big ass boys, man. <laughs> these boys are big. Um, yeah. One's committed to play defensive end at South or at UAB, and the mm. other one's committed to play tight end at South. Uh, yeah, big athletic. And then there was a, another kid that was committed to play football at NC state. And he was super athletic. LeBaron was severely outnumbered. I mean, he didn't have anybody helping him up until the third quarter. Uh, he had, there had one kid come off their bench. Actually. I don't know the kid's name. Shout out to him. He probably poured in 14 in the second half and it got mm. hot, but they were, they were putting, it was, it was a triple trap. I mean, LeBaron comes across and there's, there's two guys and then they had another guy about six feet just kind of trailing if he broke through those guys. And probably five times he split that, shook the other guy, and then still got to the hole. Uh, like I said before, handling and getting to the hole mm-hmm. is, is, is just very Kyrie-esque. What he does when he gets up in absorbing contact, still able to do a variety of different things, right hand, left hand, in the air, no matter where he kind of is around the rim still finds a way to put it in the ball always tends to just roll around and fall in kind of is, you know, it just always. And then they were down 12 going into about six minutes ago. Wow. And, and there was a, there was a timeout. And so I'm standing right next to coach plan at this point. And it's LeBaron's family is sitting right in front of right. They're sitting in the chairs right in front of us. I'm standing on the wall. And I guess, just from what I could gather, the gentleman sitting next to what I what was LeBaron's father was the guy that's been training him his whole life. Mm. And he turns around to Flan and to, uh, to some other guy, I don't know who he was, that was sitting there and said, y'all already know, here we go. And Flan just kind of, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they, you know, and, and yeah. to me, to me, I don't doubt how good the kid is, but 
he just so outnumbered. Like this mm-hmm. Cottage Hill is clearly a better team with, with better athletes. Um, once that other kid hit a couple of shots and they had to just not have five guys on one, it was still LeBaron taking on three, but you know, um, man, he, he, he probably scored the last 10 points of the game. Um, it was unbelievable. And then he, he hits a shot. He hits a mid range shot, a very nice pump fakes the three gets to a spot on the mid range bangs that. And then to get it to 69, 69 comes down, he forces the stop and then comes down, gets fouled. So this is, he gets fouled with uh, 14 seconds to go 69 to 69 and something that we saw this weekend and it haunts every Auburn fan. He calmly knocked down both free throws, didn't touch the rim. Touched touch the rim when, and you know, like that cottage hill was loud. Uh, mm-hmm. Y'all had some some gentleman dressed in a in a cottage hill tuxedo, and he was leading <laughs> he was leading all kind of chants and whatnot. It was you know, it was a crazy atmosphere, and yeah. LeBaron didn't flinch a bit, man. Calmly, and then on the final possession, they come down, they set a screen, LeBaron runs right through the screen, steals the ball, dribbles the clock out. Mm. just uh if if he's a four star i don't know what a five star is and Mm. by the time his senior year is done i guarantee he will be and yeah it just we have a lot to be excited there he's the real deal man as far as on the court off the court intangibles skills everything he is the total package man that's good to hear that is excellent to hear help is on the way uh, Auburn picks up two big time guards last week for the 24 mm-hmm. class. Man, that is excellent news. Uh, I know after watching Saturday, we absolutely need it, Dustin. <laughs> so uh, we still got yeah. a year to wait, but uh, man, excited! I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to 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 hear this about LeBaron. I know he's a dog, um, and that's one of the big things that I've always liked about LeBaron is, like you said, him being able to get to the whole. Um, draw the contact, finish with both hands, man. You just watch him dribble the basketball, Dustin. It's so fluid. He can shoot. Yeah, man. I mean, he can shoot. He can do it all. Like you said, uh, he gets to the mid-range, picks a spot, hits. I mean, he can – look, everybody kind of knocks on him for his defense. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, he don't play defense. Eh, Well, he's in high school too, okay. Um, But when the game's on the line, LeBaron makes a play on the defensive end, you know, and yeah. your best player makes big time plays and big time moments. So, you know, I, I'm excited. I can't wait, man. But hours later, mm-hmm. after LeBaron commits on Friday, we start hearing rumblings of Walker White could possibly yeah. go to Auburn, man. And like everybody thought this thing was Clemson all the way. Like, I saw people on Twitter saying, hey, it's Clemson. He's 100% locked in. It's Dabo. Like, there's no way he goes to Auburn. And then, boy, here comes Hugh Freeze. All right? Mm-hmm. Dustin, how big is this commitment? Dude, right? uh, you've already got your you've already got your quarterback mm-hmm. for the for the for, for this class. And he he in his speech. At his commitment, he already calls out a couple of athletes that he wants to go after. And he's yeah, like, 13. hey, I'm going after – yeah, he's like, I'm going after these guys. This is who I want that, to come to Auburn. So the 24 class, like, hey, come play with me. Like, we got to we gotta bring this uh, and, and we got to get this thing going. Dustin, how big was this, man? Man, pinch me. You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. is, this is just unbelievable what – it just continues to happen. And 
it's gonna i think it's gonna take us some time to get used to this being normal yeah like we'll sign a top 10 possibly top five class this year and mm-hmm. then it'll still ha- when it's happening next year i'll still be like man is this really happening like yeah this is it's just been it's just been so long this was Clemson's top prospect. This was Clemson's top guy. This is who they wanted. Don't make any mm-hmm. mistake. You know how you know the thing. Whenever people don't get somebody, well, we didn't want him. No. And it was funny because, like you said, it was no one really knew. You know, it was going out. Um, I saw Keith Niebuhr say a little while ago on their on their Auburn live show that the coaches didn't know. The only wow. people, the only people that they had told was Clemson. And uh, Baylor, because that was the other team in the top yeah. three. But it was an all it was an Auburn Clemson race. Um, and again, like we saw on the, Hugh coming in and finishing out this class when he had so many flips, finishing out the twenty three class, he did that quick. You know, that mm-hmm. was a quick relationship he had to establish with Keldrick Falk. When Keldrick Falk was tight with those FSU coaches for years, mm. same thing here, Blake. Clemson's yep. been on Walker White. They've been on him year, two years, you know. We look at the junior days and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, mm-hmm. this was Hugh Freeze first. Dabo's been there. He's been doing those kind of things for a while, and Walker White's been at all those kind of things. He's been at Clemson and all those functions. They've been after this guy. Mm-hmm. And in a short period of time, here we go. And the thing about this one is no one thought we had a chance. Mm-hmm. This everyone mm-hmm. in the industry, everyone in the industry thought this was a Clemson lock. It yeah. has been, it has been so long probably since Derek brown since we've done that since we've mm-hmm. beat out top-notch programs a program that has recently put deshaun watson out you just saw trevor lawrence is the truth mm. you just saw that they developed trevor lawrence and put, and put him in the league and what he is that mm. there's tangible proof of concept there now yes you can point to malik willis and things like that but he's at a new place now Dabo can say, I've done this here. And to come mm. in and, and beat Clemson for their top guy, make no mistake about it either. Uh, Baylor's had a good offense because Baylor's got a good program over there as well. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be Auburn, we're going to, Baylor's not really going to be, you know, we're going to be, that's what yeah. we got to beat. But like still, um, they've still been a top 15 program. Right. That, like yeah. it's, it's nothing, it's nothing to, you know, to yeah. prove is what I'm saying. And it's, it's just huge because here we are in February and, now the quarterback, and that's what all the skill guys want to see. Now you absolutely see, you see Coleman over there at Phoenix City, uh, the wide receiver from Fairhope that's committed to Bama mm-hmm. for now. Um, <laughs> these, these are guys that he mentioned at the podium. He mentioned the offensive line, and here's the thing I like about Walker White's tape: when you see a guy that's six foot four, two hundred fifteen, mm-hmm. two hundred twenty pounds, you think, okay, pocket passer. Just kind of like the agent posse who was who was our commit in this class that decommitted with the whole Harson deal. Yep. Um, but here's the thing: when I watch this film, dude, I'm like, he almost had a thousand rushing yards. He can run the football. He can run it. He's, yep. he's got some. He's got some wheels. He's kind of his running style is kind of that of a of a Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he's actually a, I would say he's a, a tad bit better um, mm-hmm. of a runner than Trevor Lawrence. Like, and he he'll, he's more willing to do it at least on the high school level. Yeah. But his 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 strength is his accuracy, man. Go go watch his highlights. Go watch the back shoulder fade. To see a 16-year-old making some of those throws, it's it's all there, man. He makes uh there's a post corner route that he made he threw where it was just it takes your breath away. It's like, oh, oh okay. 
that uh and right now he's around six to seven on all the list uh as high school quarterbacks go that's because the level of competition in arkansas is not necessarily the best yeah when whenever he gets into these camps and some of these circuits these elite wait till he goes to the elite 11 later on in the summer mm. and i and i give you he'll he'll pop up he won't mm. get a, he probably won't get a fifth star because of of the competition in arkansas but I guarantee you he'll be a top five quarterback where it's all said and done. And now you have a guy, and hey, I, we got to touch on it because we're starting to see this. Malik Autry, uh, he's, he alluded to this, and Jaden Lewis. Everybody that committed this week said this about Hugh Freeze. They talked about the religious aspect of it, him being a man mm-hmm. of faith and how important that was to them and their family. And then Walker White's family was very outspoken about the redemption story of Hugh Freeze how they mm-hmm. like the fact that he made mistakes and is getting a second chance. And they want to be a part of, and Walker wants to be a part of that redemption story. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so what people were trying to say was going to be a negative is actually turning into a positive. And whether, if you're an Auburn fan out, if you're an Auburn fan out there and whether you're, you're a Christian or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just think about it from the, you, you know, the area, you know, mm-hmm. this is the Bible belt, you know, it's all you're already seeing it. This will work. Yeah. Hugh fits. And one final thing before we get off this, Walker White said the main thing that stuck out to me, he said was when he walked on that stadium and they had his name up on the board, you know, the way they, they do, they roll out the red carpet for these big recruits. And he just kind of saw Jordan Hare empty with the lights and he just kind of imagined what that could be. And he said it just it felt different to him than the other places he visited. Mm. And I, I want to bring that up because even when we're at our lowest point and me in your lifetime and a lot of our listeners, this is the lowest Auburn's ever been football wise in our lifetime, nine straight years with at least four losses. And we just missed a bowl game. Jordan Harris still got that magic, baby. Mm, it's yeah, still man. Got that pool. I, I saw, I, I believe it was his mom uh, when she posted it on Twitter and she said, my son told me that the minute that he walked out mm-hmm. onto the field and, and he stood under, under the lights and everything and and right there and he knew that this was the place you know and and uh that just jordan hair just it, it speaks for itself man we know the atmosphere and especially at night uh the the voodoo that that place has uh, it's incredible uh, if you if you've never been to jordan hair stadium let me tell you something pick you a night game and get get over there now they even have the light show going on and and swag surfing in the fourth quarter man i mean that is it's it's special it is special uh, a great place to be and as far as hugh free uh hugh freeze goes dustin look man we knew it was coming all right yeah. and an- another thing i'm gonna say on this podcast and i'm gonna keep hammering at home we remember who you are yeah we remember who you are when he got hired and you said, this is a terrible hire. Auburn can't do this. Yeah. Do not get on social media and act like you back this man from the get-go. All no, right? They weren't even coming, Blake. They weren't coming but, no more. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be in Jordan Hare Stadium when Auburn's nine and one or you know, ten and one or, yeah. or nine and two or whatever. Don't don't come in there when Alabama comes to town this year and the the West could possibly be on the line. Don't show up. Like I don't want you there. All right. Because no. now you just you wanna you see all the success. And I had a dude on Twitter, he retweeted my tweet the other day. I said, uh, I said, Y'all are all happy now that Hugh Freeze has been hired. Or I, I said, 
I said, I remember when all of y'all were mad as, you know, and I said when he was hired, but now y'all are all happy as that he's, <laughs> that he's doing what he's doing, you know? And a dude said, well, he hadn't even coached a game yet. Bro, don't sit here and act like Hugh Freeze can't coach in the SEC, Dustin. We've watched it. We've saw watched it. it. We've, we've saw it live, live in color. All right? Don't sit here and act like he can't win ballgames. He wanted Ole Miss, dude. He had Ole Miss the number five team in the country at one point. He was pulling in the Kandichi brothers and, and all these Metcalf, elite receivers. Yeah. yeah, A.J. Brown and all these elite receivers. Don't sit here and act like the dude can't coach football, man. I'm sick of that crap. No. Oh, well, he hadn't even coached a game yet. Get out of here, man. Yeah. It's coming, he never, okay? He never won less than eight games at a Liberty program that just started playing football, D1. Like, so. Yeah, and, and, and that – that speaks volumes, right? And then I love it when they say, well, uh, his last game at Liberty, he got beat 42 to 13 or whatever it was. Like, bro, he told his players in the locker room before the game that he had, that he had, he was basically leaving. Okay. He told them before they played, he was like, hey, I've had interest in another job. Like, this could be my final game at Liberty. Like, you think those dudes were locked in on playing football that day, Dustin? Absolutely not. I, know, there was already on, discussions. Man. There was already discussions yeah. even before that. I mean, we knew Hart yeah. was out. And, I mean, so, yeah, that was – Come on, man. Like, don't sit here and act like this dude's a clown, man. He made a mistake. Like, I had a guy on Twitter yesterday. He was like, oh, sleazeball freeze. And I was like, why do you call him a sleazeball? And he was like, well, uh, if you don't know the past at Ole Miss, then I'm, I'm done here. I was like, yeah, I know the past, but it was eight, nine years ago. Let it go, all right? Everybody deserves a second chance, man. And for you to sit here and down this dude and judge him and act like you're the just you're the most perfect human being, it's absolutely insanity. Like, we sin every day, all right? And I've said this on this show time in and time out. If his wife can forgive him and his yeah. children can forgive him, then so can all of us. All right. Yeah. And I forgive him. All right. For yeah. what he's done. It's over. It's in the past. He moved on. He is a different man. And I'm sick of hearing about it, man, because I I want him to get into Jordan Hare and prove everybody wrong that has doubted him, Dustin. Oh, for sure. And like you said, if his if his family forgives him and if Walker White's family is okay sending their seventeen year old son <laughs> yeah, to, come play, on, man. to play for him and to learn from him, and they're a very religious family, they want him and they want Hugh to be a spiritual figure to their son. If they're comfortable with all those things, but you're not comfortable going to a game, then don't come to the game. You're not the person I want sitting beside me anyway. That's mm -hmm. just that. Don't come on October 21st when Ole Miss comes into town and Lane's been tweeting all week mm -hmm. and, that, and the whole college football world's watching this game because it's just the storylines alone. Yep. Yeah. Don't when, when it's just the hypest night game of the season in Jordan here that night, I don't want to see you. I don't want to yeah. hear you. And like you said, I see you. And it's funny to watch these people now too because they don't even talk about football. They just – they stick to just basketball. It's like you're just going to ignore it. Like it, it's mm – -hmm. uh, it's fine. I don't – we don't need you. <laughs> I heard that, brother, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I agree 100%. I can't wait for the fall, man. I'm I'm super excited. I know baseball season's coming up A-Day. That's going to be on the Auburn campus here soon, man. A lot of big things coming for this football program. I'm, I'm excited as hell, man. Uh, but let's get into the 46-43 to 43 loss in yeah. Knoxville Saturday, man. That was absolutely dreadful to watch. 
It was tough. It was painful. As you see there on the screen, a three-point heartbreaker. We will talk about the Wendell Green play at the end. Was it a foul? Was it not a foul? I know what both of us think, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll give our opinion on it. But first, man, uh, Auburn falls to 17-6 and six on the year and 7-3 and three in the SEC. Dustin, man, Auburn comes out hot to start, all right? Mm-hmm. But, man, after that, how dreadful was this to watch, man? I mean, just a just an awful performance. Yeah, dude. I mean, you already put a, up 43 points first Northwestern. How in the world do you do it again? Mm. I, I, the, the, the play that stands out to me is Jalen missing that layup. That, to me, was like the yeah. whole game. I mean, you're wide open under the basket. Just go off the glass, dude. Just go yep. off the glass. Yep. And he, like, he goes long on a bunny two feet from the from the rim. I just don't get it, bro. Uh, I'm really I'm really speechless on it. I really am, <laughs> bro. I didn't I didn't know if we were gonna get to to 38 points for a minute. Like I, I honestly didn't. I was like, this is the most embarrassing thing I have watched in a long long time. And this is we're gonna get to the foul, but this is the thing that really sticks out to me and everybody says, oh, well, you know, the foul at the end. But here you go, Dustin. Here you go, man. This right here. Auburn shot Mm. 23% (laughs) from the field and 11% from the three. How many threes did we miss, Dustin? 25. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. All right? So (laughs) we're obviously not a three-point shooting team. We're jacking up 25 trays. We're – not even coming close to hitting trays. Like on the road, Auburn cannot shoot the three ball. You get into Neville Arena, yeah, they can shoot it a little bit, but that's at home. Guess what? When you go on the road, it's ugly. It's ugly. And one thing that really sticks out to me, Dustin, is you got guys like Zepp Jasper, Hmm. who for the third straight time out has given you absolutely nothing. And we talk about it. We talk about it, man. Wendell Green has zero help at the guard spot, all right? And, yeah, KD, what, he gave you 10, but he only made two shots. I mean, it's 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 a struggle, man, watching that. What was wrong with Jalen? I mean, what, he make one shot, two shots? Yeah, uh, one for 10, two for one 10, for, something like that. Yeah, one for 10 or something like that. Uh, Flan, I think Flan was one of six from three. We had two people make a three, man. I think what Wynn made two and and Flan made one, one of six from three. Alan Flanagan. I don't, I don't know, man. I think this team really looks at Wendell and says, "Hey, he's got to get fifteen to twenty, and if he doesn't, it's shot." Like we know, Joe Nye, we know he's going to do what he does. But like you said, off air, man, he was gassed because not only. Was he having to do it on the offensive end? He was also having to do it on the defensive end. And with no Dylan Cardwell, yeah. it was even worse, bro. And and you made a great point to that. And and I wanted to get I wanted to get that in this piece right here, man. Like missing Cardwell was huge. Yeah, in a three point game. I mean, think of all hmm. the misses that we had. Yep. What does Dylan do best? Cleans it up. Cleans it up. Comes in there, gets one of those wide open layups that somebody yep. will miss because Win and KD. Will miss wide open layups, and even you know Jalen got in on it. Even Janai got in on it. Yep. Um, but whenever they do, if Dylan's in the game, he's usually there trailing to come clean that up. 
and from we got out rebounded as well. So yep. when you just add up just a, a three possession game where you only score 43 points, yeah, I mm. look at that and say 12 solid minutes from Dylan Carwell could make the difference, mm. and probably would have. And and you know another thing, Dustin, Yoan Treor zero points. All right, Simo zero points. Trey Donaldson zero points. Leora Berman zero points. Yeah. So all you got was 10 from KD off your bench. Everybody else gave you nothing. And then you get zero from Zip. I, I, I'm speechless. I, I, I don't even know what to say, man. It was that bad. And, and like, dude, the sets, like, we just found ourselves not even moving without the basketball. Like, everybody's just standing around watching Wendell dribble. It, it was just the ugliest offensive basketball game I've seen in a long, long time. And not just on Auburn's side. Tennessee was terrible as well. No, it sucked. It was, I, it was I mean, bad. It was pathetic, man. Like, what did we shoot from the free throw strike? What, like 70%? I, let me let me see here. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, from the free throw strike, we went 14 of 19. All right. Once again, man, we're leaving points at the free throw strike. You missed five free throws. I like, come on, man. I, 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 and you mentioned it earlier, watching LeBaron step up and sink two free throws crowd going nuts. All right. I, I don't get it, man. I really don't like <sighs> make your free throws. We get beat on the boards. I mean, everything was just an L Saturday. It was a straight up L Dustin. Yeah. The thing that's so frustrating about uh, the thing that's so frustrating about the missed free throws and like there was one play where KD comes down, he's trailing, and he mm -hmm. gets the ball wide open three late. There's probably three or four minutes left in the game. Wide open. Nobody within 10 feet, man, and he misses it. And it's just like, dude, y'all don't you don't ever hit that shot, bro. You never hit it. Yeah. And like no one on this team ever hits it. Like Going back to last year, even even with Jabari, we let Wendell take all the last shots half the time. Like yeah. it just was, it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, man, we we're not we're not really good in these in these close games right now. And it's uh, especially like on the road or on you know anywhere away from Neville, neutral wherever. Yeah. And it's extremely frustrating. And we haven't been. And it's not for like like it wasn't a lack of effort. Yeah, like we we played our asses off. We tried our best, but like we didn't. We weren't getting the loose balls. Like okay, so I don't know how many times exactly this happened, but it seemed like it was at least a dozen times where Tennessee got at least two shots on a possession. At mm -hmm. least four or five times they got three. That's the equivalent of sacking a quarterback on second down, getting a team to third and 16, and then giving up 17. Yep, yep. Or fouling with three seconds to go when you've played good deep. There was one time where we got a stop. They got the rebound. Mm -hmm. We stopped them again. They got the rebound. And then with three seconds to go, Zet fouled. Mm. And they make both free throws. Mm. So they end up getting two points out of that possession when you played a good defense for over a minute because you're yep. not rebounding. Like I just, that's the difference in a, in a three point game. And when you do, when it happens so much, like on the giving up a big third down and long in football, it just kills you. And you just, you go, damn it, man. 
Like it, it's just, it's such a momentum killer when it happens and it happened to us time and time again, Saturday. Yeah, man. You know, like I said, right here on this graphic here with uh, Joe Nye, man, he led Auburn with 11 points, five of nine from the field with nine rebounds, man. Just talk a little bit about his performance, what he did uh, also on the defensive end of the of the court, man. I, I thought he played a special game, but once again, you could tell without Dylan, he was gassed at yeah. the end. Uh, it, it was a struggle for him down there, and, and he had a heavy task, man. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's really good inside, uh, and and I, I thought Jonah played his ass off. Yeah, he did, and he was getting pushed off of the entire game. There was probably 15 fouls that weren't called, so, yeah, mm-hmm. props to him for that. Uh, old boy for whatever his name is for Tennessee, um, I don't know how many rebounds he got where he didn't forearm Jonah out the way, mm-hmm. so – yeah, the fact that Janai was able to get nine and he was completely gassed and still stayed in there and stayed physical. And we know we know Janai's a dog. Um, I mean, and, and 11 and nine statistically has been a low night for him. That's below his averages. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, another solid performance from Janai. And he's the one guy where it's like, okay, well, we know we're going to get – he's not going to give us goose eggs. No doubt. No doubt. Janai, he brings it night in, night out, man. Uh, look, it, it's another taunting task for the Auburn Tigers, Dustin. This week, you got at Texas A&M, and you get Bama at, at the crib. I mean, there's no way you can go zero and two this week. You you gotta you gotta at least split one and one, man. What game this week do you think Auburn has the better chance of picking up a dub, man? Alabama. Alabama. Now, I will say this. Um, I know that Buzz has our number. I know we don't play good on the road. We just yeah. saw that. Uh, I don't know if Texas A&M is that much better than us to where they beat us twice. Now, they might yeah. because they stole one at home. But, like, I don't know if there's a gap between these two teams. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if we win that one and then lose to Alabama. Like, either way, I look at it like this, bro. we got eight games left. And uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. The Last eight. I believe Ole Miss is in there. And yep. there's like one other team where it's taking me, but like, okay. But the rest, but where we sit, I look at it and I say, like, it's probably what we can afford to do. But four and four would be, so let's see. We've got we're going to A and M on Tuesday, and then it's Alabama, and then mm-hmm. or, I mean, excuse me, then Bama comes to us, and then we get Missouri at home, and then we go to Vandy on February eighteenth and February twenty second. We got to go two and zero that week, bro. Mm-hmm. Or games uh, we've got to win, and then it's at Rupp, at Bama, and you finish out with Tennessee at home. So mm-hmm. it's you know it ain't. It ain't gonna get easy at all, but I think that if we go three and five, we'll be okay. Because see, what are we? We're uh, six, right? Seventeen and six, so that would put yeah. us at eleven. Yeah, that's dangerous. We need to go four. We need to go four and four. We need to go four and four. Yeah. Eight. So I'm just gonna say we. I'm gonna say Bama at home because you got game day coming. Um, even when we sucked, we would sell out for Bama. I don't have to explain what that is. So yeah. that's gonna be. I think we split with Bama. I think both teams win at home. So I'll say, I'll say that one. But I think I think we have a good possibility of going two and zero this week. Just as we got a good possibility of going on too. <laughs> mm. Would you be surprised either I way, agree. Blake? 
Would you be surprised either way? I would be kind no, of surprised if we like, went 2-0, but I wouldn't be shocked. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, I, I'd be shocked. I'll be honest, man. I'll be shocked if we go 0-2. I, and the reason I say that is because I don't think that's this team's DNA. I think they're going to get a dub this week. All right. Um, I think this team, there's something about this team. There's something in there. Going 0-2 just doesn't, it don't sit right with me for this team. And Auburn needs a big road win. Texas A&M would be a big road win. Then, like you said, like you said, game day. At Auburn, at Neville Arena, you know it's going to be absolutely insane. Your biggest rival, probably going to be the number two team in the country when the polls come out tomorrow. We've already seen them be number two and drop one on the road this year. So, you know, I think it's going to be bananas Mm -hmm. this coming Saturday. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, and I I would be a little shocked if this team went 0-2. I would be hurt. Let's say that I would be hurt if they went zero yeah. two, because then I start. That would take me down the road of is this a tournament team? Like I yeah, would really sure. start thinking like, like we're on that line, man. Like mm-hmm. we got to start winning games. Like we got to go to Rupp and win. We got to beat Tennessee at home because you still got to go to Alabama and and play in the airplane hangar and all that. So, uh, you know, I don't know, man, but. One last thing before we get out of here, Dustin. It was it was the biggest topic, man. Was it a foul? Was it a foul? Wendell Green Jr., the last possession of the game. Auburn trying to tie things up. Uh, he comes around, gets the ball at the three-point line on the wing, man. And w- w- what's the kid from Tennessee's name? Uh, I, ca- I can't remember. Uh, awesome. Kwasamwa or whatever. Whatever his name was. Uh, he goes up. Wynn lets the three fly. He is obviously uh, in his landing space, <laughs> and Wynn wraps his legs around him. Ball hits the rim. He almost hit the shot. <laughs> yeah. He almost hit the shot, bro. Uh, but Wynn wraps his legs around him, falls to the ground. Nothing's called. BP, the whole entire Auburn bench, goes absolutely bananas. Was it a foul, Dustin? <laughs> of course it was a foul. Man. It was a foul whenever the LSU shoved Bryce Brown in the back in back in 2019 in a very yeah. similar situation. Um yeah, man. If if what Samir Dowdy did in the final four game versus West Virginia or versus Virginia was a foul, then that most certainly was a foul. If what Wendell did, if what you called Wendell for earlier in the game on a on a closeout three was a foul, then yeah, that certainly was a foul. I don't I don't get it, man. I I just I don't get it. Um, we always seem to be on the wrong end of these things. Yeah, it just always seems to be us. And we've we've already laid out everything that Auburn could have done. So yep. this is not blaming the officials. Like if we played halfway competent, like if we looked like D, if some of our play, if we looked like D one athletes on a couple of plays. Like yeah, I don't know. I'm right underneath the basket. Let me just lay it in. If we just did a couple of those, we're not even in this position. But that doesn't change the fact that Wendell should be shooting three free throws. Would he have made them? I don't know about that. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah, you found him. Clearly found him. Like, that. I, I don't know what you're looking at. Like, what do you even – what is the justification? How do you walk away from that 
with it not being a foul. I just absolutely I don't even get it. And it it ended up working out, but it's just like the five second call that they missed about a minute before that. It, it's like, bro, this is what are you talking about? A time? No, no. So we're always on the wrong end of this, and. I don't I don't even know like what to say about it. It's just um it's beyond it's beyond frustrating and a lot of full letter words to go with it, dude. Like and it just it just it just goes in the bank. It just goes in the memory bank of like another yeah. time. You know, it's just it's just here, it's just another time, man. Like of course, of course we didn't get that call. Dustin, let me ask you something because I got a little something I want to say about it. But do you think Wynn's flop earlier in the game had a little bit to do with the no call right there at the end? I think that SEC officials are completely incompetent. I don't think that they're mm-hmm. – ca- I don't even know if they're capable of remembering that deep into the farther into the game. I don't know if, they're, if they don't have, if they have the IQ or the thought process to go back more yeah. than 15 minutes. Um, what's the fish off finding Nemo? Dory? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think we just got a bunch of Dories out there, dude. Or, uh, oh. You ever seen the uh, Adam Sandler movie with Drew Barrymore? Uh, what was it, 50 First Dates? Yeah, 10 yeah, Second yeah. Tom. Yeah, <laughs> hi, I'm Tom. Yeah, there's a bunch of 10 Second Toms out there, dude. These freaking people suck, man. I was just... Um, here's my thing, man. And I, I went on TikTok last night with the Tennessee guy and everything, and he's a super cool guy, and, and he wants to come on the show and everything, and 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 talk about Tennessee and, and Tennessee football. And I was like, yeah, man, we'd love to have you. But a couple of Tennessee fans got in there and they were like, oh, it was a no foul and everything. And I'm like, how? Explain <laughs> to me how it was a no foul. And they was like, well, uh, you set an illegal screen on Ziggler uh, for Wendell to even get open for that shot. And I was like, <laughs> an illegal screen. And I was like, I've watched the play 35 times. Please, please point out an illegal screen or what you were watching. Your homerism is coming out. Like you're, you're literally spilling orange everywhere because I don't know what you saw in that final play. And they were like, well, he went straight up. And I was like, first off, all right, when, when went up for the shot, okay, he stepped into Wendell's landing spot. All right. And this rule over the past five years in basketball, NBA and college has been that you have to give the shooter the ability to land. All right. If Wendell lands right there, he possibly breaks his ankle. That's what he said. That's what he tweeted out. That's exactly what he tweeted out. He possibly breaks his ankle there. That's a foul. Okay. He was like, well, there was no contact made besides Wendell wrapping his legs around him. I'm like, hold on. There. Take away contact, okay? It's the fact that he did not have the ability to land as a shooter. And the last five years, that has been the biggest emphasis in the game is giving the shooter the ability to land on their own two feet. And Wendell did not have that. He said, I had to wrap my legs around him because I did not want to land and roll my ankle and possibly break it and be done for the year. So, that's a foul. It's a foul. All right. And like you said, would Wendell hit all three? I don't know. Is it why we lost the game? No. But if you're going to call KD Johnson's 10 minutes earlier, all right, you got to call that on Wendell. You can't be two-sided. All right. You brought up a great point with the five-second thing. Look, I counted five. 
one official counted five. <laughs> yeah, Everybody I mean, in the arena counted five. Uh, and weird. out of nowhere, you say Rick Barnes got a timeout? Come on, man. <laughs> like, come on. All right. Um, and it, it brings me back to, to something where, like we always talk about, man, officials have to start getting either fined. You have to go to the media after the game and explain yourself. Yeah, the S- Has the SEC even come out with a statement of how no. they missed the call? No. All right, so you have to – Their officials should have to go – after games and answer questions just yep. like players do, Dustin. Yep. Because we're getting to the point, man, where why do you think everybody says, hey, man, sports is rigged? It's rigged. All right. It feels like it's scripted. All right. Because you have stuff like this, man. You have things where you look at this and you say, well, they didn't call that a foul because where were they playing at? They were playing in Knoxville. All right. You're not going to get that call. So, I don't care if it's the first second of the game or the last second of the game. If you're going to call it, call it, all right? So when KD stepped into their guy, didn't allow him to land, you called it. But then 10 minutes later, when Wendell goes up for a shot, you don't call it. We either have to start fining, suspending, or these officials have to go to the go to the podium and answer questions just like players do. Because if you're going to put a player in a tough spot to go to the media and have to answer questions after they just lost with towers, towels over their heads and everything like that, then damn it, officials need to do the same thing because I want to hear what you have to say and what you saw. Because Bruce Pearl was livid. Though. I thought Bruce Pearl, I mean, he was on his back <laughs> saying, hey, where's the foul, you know? Just – you know, like I said, it's not why we lost, but it, you got to call it, man. You got to call it. I'm sick of watching it. SEC officiating is bad uh, in, in pretty much, you know, it, it's bad in football, too. We see it all the time. But, man, these guys, these yeah, guys are rough. They are that's, rough. That's ridiculous. And, you know, it'll be it'll be three minutes in the game. It'll be a 50-50 ball, and you go to the monitor, and you review it for three minutes. Or somebody yeah. will dunk, and he'll look at the person he dunked on, and he'll make a face, and we review it for four minutes. Yeah. But then we can't review that. Yeah. We just we just out of here. Nope. Y'all done. We just out of here. It's crazy, bro. Yep. Yep. 100%, Dustin. But, uh, man, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, I wanted to give you the floor before we get out of here. Uh, your last word, like we always do, man. Plug anything you got, Dustin. Love to hear it from you, man. Oh, just follow me on Twitter at dmcshot28 and uh, follow us on YouTube, man. Like and subscribe, Spotify, yeah. Apple, everything. Oh, uh, you know, like y'all know, man, we got big things coming up for baseball season. We're what, two weeks away. Yeah, so man. Either to get at it, bro. Yeah, man. Got to get Lindsey on here. I, I got to DM him tomorrow. Uh, gonna want to talk to him about Auburn preview the Auburn Indiana series. See what he's got to say about that. See what Auburn's lineup, who they plug in with all the guys that they had departing, the pitching staff and everything. Uh, Dustin, it's gonna be a cold one for the Indiana series, yeah, man. Uh, a lot of new faces. Yeah, man. Just booked my room tonight, um, so I'm excited about that, dude. One thing I, I was kind of talking the other night. You know, and and I don't know if I was like really serious about it, but I would love to like bring bring my stuff up to Auburn and possibly do a pod inside of Plainsman Park. Like 
maybe after the Friday night game or Saturday game, just possibly like sit down and see if we could do one inside of Plainsman. Like, I think that'd be sick, bro. Uh, I, I don't know who we would have to talk to to like try to get that, you know, okayed with, but I think that would be huge, man. Yeah, it'd be tight. So I, I'm excited, man. Baseball season uh, just right around the corner. Uh, Auburn Athletics uh, on the up. Uh, we're excited with this podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you listen. Like Dustin said, go follow us, subscribe. Uh, we're almost to 100 subscribers yeah. on the YouTube. So we've really been pushing that, man. Uh, the It's been growing. It's been growing. So we really appreciate it. Uh, and with that being said, we're out of here. We will catch you on the next one. War Damn Eagle.